What's going on, everybody? Carl Markowski here, and you are listening to the Playing On Podcast. Thank you for joining me. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Paintball, where you can go and finance the marker of your dreams, and Dr. Paintball can help you out. They also have this very cool uh, little about me and blog section where they have or about us, I'm sorry, but they uh, they kind of describe who they are and, and what their goals are, and along with that is they have a bunch of paintball content along with a blog and some videos. So make sure you check them out, uh, drpaintball.com, and uh, they have all kinds of financing uh, structures and anything you can think of to get the marker of your dreams. So thank you, Dr. Paintball. We are also brought to you by Charm City Paintball, where, uh, where, where this guy is actually making these, these new headbands that are out now. He's bringing back the Gucci print. Uh, I believe he's bringing back a couple other high-end prints as well. But he makes an awesome headband and an awesome head wrap. Make sure you check him out on Facebook, Charm City Paintball. Give them a look. Check it out. Uh, we are also brought to you by Carbon Paintball, who I have been using now since uh, World Cup of last year. And they have a base layer with uh, integrated knee pads and hip pads. The, their protective top also has elbow pads, has some rib protection. But it's all a compression fit. Th- this stuff is awesome. I've been using it for a while. I am a big fan. But you can check them out at carbonpaintball.com. So thank you guys. Also, a big thank you goes to Planet Eclipse, who I have been shooting since I was like five years old. I've been shooting Planet Eclipse, but uh, they have a new LV uh, series marker come that is actually already out. It's the LV 1.5, and it has uh, has some new milling. It's all the same platform, man. This thing is if it's not broken, you know, don't fix it. And uh, the reliability and the shot, and I've been shooting egos forever. I, I don't want to say that I'm biased, but uh, man, those things, those things are awesome. Just make sure you go check out the new markers over at PlanetEclipse.com, and you will not be sorry. Those things are hotness, hotness. Now to our podcast, Nick Laval, man, he's been tearing it up ever since he uh, he got on the team, and it was very cool to hear his story, and you know kind of his his little journey onto impact and you know I, I love hearing stories like this of of teams who are coming up and you know all these teams usually get cherry picked and you know the higher end players get picked out by the higher end teams I mean and uh you know Nick Laval was was lucky enough to you know to play his ass off uh, when he was playing on 187 and impact you know wanted them they were going through a little bit of a rebuilding period and and uh, they needed somebody like him that could kind of push up the middle and, and be a presence. So I think he's done nothing but made that team better. And uh, he has been a constant threat up at the wall. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. I sure as hell had a great time. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right, Mr. LaBall. Carl Markowski, the, the wall, Jet, the what's wall. up? <laughs> oh, dude, just staying alive, bud. It's always the goal, right? Yeah, every day. I'm In proud to wake up. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, man, uh, you are in Canada right now, correct? I am, yes. What are you doing up in the Great White North? Uh, my girlfriend lives up here, so I try to visit as much as possible. And, uh, I mean, I love Canada. It's beautiful. I get to hike a lot and you know mountains are right next door so it's a great spot to be 
Dude, it's gorgeous. Every time I, I see your Instagram, I'm like, it's you just shooting the shit out of people or you shooting the shit out of like <laughs> mountains and <laughs> like greenery. It's great. Uh, I love it. Yeah, living it up right now. I mean, it's one of those, uh, I'm going to ride that, that wave into the beach. <laughs> well, dude, you have to. I mean, life, it, not even life itself, but these, these small moments that we go through in these small chapters because that's what it, they seem like big chapters, but they are such small chapters in our life. And I feel like this this little paintball thing is made up of all these little tournaments and all these little these people that are in it. But you only have these small moments that you get to go to, even though, you know, let's say you you have your Instagram pictures of, you know, where you're at or whatever. But how long are you there for? You're not there for very long. And then you got to come back right, to your exactly. hotel, or your house or whatever. And you just you got to soak it up as much as you can. Soaking it up over here. I, mm-hmm. I think about that on the daily. Very appreciative of uh, just my health and being able to go and see things and do things. So um, that that thought's not lost on me by any means. So how uh, how often do you get up to to Canada? Um, man. I mean, at this point, I would say maybe once a month. Yeah. At some point, whether it's a week or, uh, I mean, we have a big break in between tournaments here. Uh, so I'll be up here for, um, about a little short of two months. And, uh, within that I'll be going to uh shoe swap, which is a uh, Bart's house. Um, he likes to have the team up there for some, some bonding during the summer. So I'll be up there for, uh, about a week or so. So nice, just quite a bit of time. Let him know if he needs any, uh, you know, out of team bonding too. I'm more than welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I will come up anytime. <laughs> he's he's a pretty open dude. I mean, go talk to him. He'd probably love to hear that. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, that that might be able to happen. Yeah, you never Don't know. Be afraid of One it. can only hope, I guess. Yeah, um, exactly. So, where do you reside right now? Um, I live in Denver at the moment. Um, one of my best friends moved out there. Uh, maybe almost three years ago at this point and he's been bugging me since since the beginning like hey man you got to come out here and and try it out so um probably or around december this year i i actually took him up on it i packed up my stuff and drove out there and uh i haven't been out there as much as i wish because of paintball and then being in canada and all that stuff but man denver is a beautiful area very similar to uh, Calgary in that sense, with the uh, the mountains very close by and uh, the people are are very calm and polite. Yeah, yeah, no, it's dude, it's gorgeous. I'm I think I've only been to Denver, or, or well, Colorado for that matter, only maybe one or two times, and I think it was for a seven man oh, nice. back in the day. But dude, I just watching pictures and I actually just listened to a um, a Joe Rogan podcast with. Um, big fan of him yeah yeah dude i love i listen to it all the time <laughs> um, but who is the james is it james hetfield the the lead singer of metallica james, oh, I think it's james uh, hetfield i don't know if i listened to that one actually but yeah. continue but he lives in uh, i think it's called vale or veal oh, okay yep vale is uh is a mountain town that they're they're right in the thick of things yeah, yeah, that's what he was saying. He has like this ranch, and he just hunts on it all the time. And he says it's beautiful. Like his, his I guess his wife's family's from there, and he decided to move there after he, you know, visited them and saw how beautiful it was. And it was yeah, just go full badass and live off the land. Oh my god, hunt, Dude, I'd hunt your to. own game. Yeah, that's that's the dream. But every time I I come close to that, I realize how how hard it is. So I just like to dabble. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, let's uh, let's kind of start talking about uh, your paintball career for a sec, you know, and, and right. how you kind of got started in paintball. And my stupid screen locked up again, dude. Yeah, I'm frozen too, but that's okay. I don't know what it is. Like, well, you're. I can see you going on my screen, but then my okay. little in screen. So the people who are listening on the podcast, I, I record these and put them on YouTube. And ever since I updated this program, it's just been freezing. And I always have to like after <laughs> I have to go in and edit a picture of me, like not sitting there looking stupid. I have to like make some kind of <laughs> really, picture. really lighten blue those eyes, you know, trim yeah. up the beard, full edit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, why it keeps freezing? So, ever since it, uh, I upgraded, it's been freezing. But, uh, but anyway, that's besides the point. Um, so, you are originally from the East Coast, right? From, uh, from yeah, where? I'm from uh, the Boston area. So, cold, northeast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, did you were you? Like from born and raised there, or just born there, or yeah, I was actually born in the city in Boston, and then my parents uh, moved into the suburbs when I was about five years old. So I mean, most of my memory would be suburbs, but um, I also went to school in in the city, so pretty familiar with that area. Yeah, yeah. Now, where is um, where's Upton One Eight Sevens? That's from. Mass can or uh, Connecticut or Massachusetts Maryland, no. They're they're also in Massachusetts. Massachusetts, um, that's it. Yeah, Upton One Eight Seven Crew, which was uh, um, Fox Four Paintball, is their is their home. But I mean, RIP One Eight Seven Crew uh, at the moment. Who knows what will happen <laughs> in the future? But we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that for sure. Yeah, um, that was about a thirty minute drive from my house, so very close. So it was in the beginning, it was pretty easy going back and forth between there, but. Yeah. So, well, how did you discover? Well, let's let's do this. How did you discover yes. paintball? Where did that come in? So, I'm I'm one of those um, birthday party. Uh, another birthday. I'm gonna put another notch yeah. on the birthday yeah. party, Mark. <laughs> I think that's all you all there is. I, I feel like I haven't even heard a, a, another story, but yeah, it was a birthday party, and um, yeah, I just took a huge liking to it. I I always played cops and robbers. My my dad was in the military, so I. Uh, you know, every little kid wants to be like their dad, so I loved the whole um, combat aspect of it and sort of the, the strategy and yeah. being able to outsmart and outmaneuver people out there in the woods. So definitely took a liking to it right away. Um, and then I would say maybe about a month after I first played, I was like, all right, I need my, my own setup. And it's like, mom, dad, like for, for Christmas, you know, can you get me a paintball gun? They're like, yeah. uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and you know, it's, it just becomes like every little chore you work for. It's like, all right, I'm going to get new goggles. All right. Like, um, my next birthday, I'm going to like ask for a barrel and then like, Oh, you just, had to work for the whole setup for sure. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. But then also, like, you had the customizability, so, you, mm-hmm. you know, your buddies are getting the setups, and you're like, well, I'm going to get this cool drop forward, like, <laughs> make my gun look sweet. The flame drop forward. And the, yeah, yeah, I had that one. I had the flame drop forward. <laughs> so, yeah. with with your size, was it kind of hard to, you know, to, to kind of play, or were you always the same size, like, through high school and everything, or did you kind of get a late growth spurt, or um, as far as, I like, mean, sports go, too? I mean, was it difficult? Some, from my memory, I was always tall and lanky, um, awkward and too long for <laughs> for any 
of the right size clothing. But uh, yeah, you know, it really never came into my mind, and I think that 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 was one thing that that maybe was uh, a contributor to my never even thinking about it. No one ever told me like, hey, you're too tall for this, or like you can't fit into spots. Like I, I never really got that message, so mm-hmm. it never really hindered me. So. I guess I've never even thought about it when I'm playing. I'm I'm not like, oh, this spot's too small, or like I can't crawl down the snake. Like, it's just totally in my mind that I can I can fit in there. Yeah, I I can hide in that spot. Oh yeah, that yeah. The generally that's a you know any uh, paintball player who's been playing for a long time is like, dude, I'll I'll play whatever. I exactly put me in a small cake, dude. I'll play it. I'll, I'll stay alive for sure. Yeah, I, I still surprise people now and then. Like uh, our last Millennium event, Mouse came up to me and he's like man, that point right there, I feel like you just proved that you can play the snake. And I, I, I looked at him, I'm kind of like, I never thought I couldn't play the snake, but, you know, it's... Watch your back, motherfucker. I'll yeah, play the snake now. for your spot. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I've, I've, I've never really been uh, hindered by being larger than most of the, the small little pro guys out there. Now, did you play any other sports in high school? And, and, and around when did you, just, did you discover paintball? Was it during high school or after, or...? Um, I kind of discovered it before slash right at the beginning of high school, but, um, I also, I, I played a litany of, uh, high school sports, uh, soccer, football, um, even my senior year of high school, I jumped into lacrosse, which I was terrible at, but, um, <laughs> basketball pretty much played it all. Like whether it was to be, um, around friends or, just the I love competition and I love just being active so I mean and looking back on it it was probably a really good thing that I had that sort of like structure where it was like hey well after school you have to go to practice instead of you know getting into some shenanigans right but through all that time um I was always into paintball where uh on the weekends I'd be like well like this is paintball time if I don't have uh if I don't have a football game this weekend then I'm playing paintball or if I don't have basketball during the winter. Maybe I'll go play indoor. So now, was this back even before you were playing? You know, at the uh, the speedball level, even though it would like just going out and dinking around. Were you still that committed? And and when when did the first actual kind of commitment to paintball start? I I actually think like I mean I'm I'm really bad with my own history. I'm not really sure why, <laughs> but um. From what I I remember, like I got into speedball pretty quickly. Where um, my local field, the field that I, I started at and was playing at, um, called Friendly Fire Paintball, mm-hmm. which uh, actually two of my really good friends own that field now. But uh, there was kind of like this little speedball field that they set up, and they were running three man tournaments there. And at some point. Uh, Max Trailer, one of my good friends, plays on Infamous now. Mm-hmm. Um, he and a few of our other friends were kind of just like, hey, let's put in a team. And that was when we were really young, maybe freshman year of high school. So um, got into the, the the speedball thing pretty quick and yeah. started off with three men, hit all of the, the levels where like, you start amateur, and then it's like, oh, wow, we won this one. We won some, like, some loaders. That's sick. So yeah. like, let's bring that and play novice next time and then um eventually worked our way up uh all of the three-man divisions and then at some point in there we got talked to by um an older group of guys who at the time were 
were sponsored by that field. They were called Friendly Fire Factory. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, we're, we're trying to get like a five, seven man going. And like you, you little kids are, are pretty good. <laughs> like, do you want to come out and play with us? And we're like, absolutely. Like, yeah. Of course, of course we want to start playing with some of the big dogs. Cause like at that time, like they were basically pro to us. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So jumped on with friendly fire factory and then, um, did pretty well in the seven man division in, uh, in the Northeast area. We played a whole bunch of tournaments. I forget what our record was, but it was, it was something ridiculous. Not that I had a huge part of, of doing it, but, um, just the whole like system of, of how a team works and, and what it takes to sort of, uh, be a part of a team, be a part of a team. Yeah. That was a huge learning experience with the seven man. Um, and then at some point around maybe when I was like 18, um, the friendly fire factory guys, the older guys, um, they kind of wanted to start playing, uh, nationally they wanted to play like mppl and all this stuff and at the time um that small little field that we were playing out of like they were just like sorry like we don't we don't really have the funding to to help you do that stuff and like i mean i'm a i'm a kid going to school no job and basically that's all don't make any decisions (laughs) so like it's not even up and up up to me for anything but um so they ended up approaching uh dave painter who owned a field down the road, which was Fox Four paintball. Mm-hmm. And he had a bunch of younger guys that were playing on, um, 187 crew. And that's where like Eddie painter and, uh, a few, a few guys like, I mean, Thomas Mantoni was in that area at the time mm-hmm. too. And we sort of merged teams. So like half the guys, half the older guys were kind of just like, all right, well, we're not going to, we don't really want to play nationally. So we're out. Yeah. And, and then like, Max and I and like a few others of the friendly fire team merged with one eight seven and then pretty much, uh, that's, that's all she wrote playing all the, all of the other divisions nationally with those guys. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, back then was, was Max trailer wearing his pads on the outside of his Jersey as well? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, Max has always been so non-traditional. Like that's what I love about him is he's like so genuinely himself that, Like he he doesn't care if you care that his pads are on the outside. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great, yeah, dude. <laughs> of course, yeah. He's always had like some weird headgear, or, like uh, you know, Goofy, some like purple goggles or like some. Yeah. It was like the ugliest goggle I remember. It was like some grill, and I was like, dude, nobody's gonna wear that. And then I literally probably the same day he walks by like with those on top of his head. I'm like, oh my <laughs> god, that's great. Hello. Yeah, I've, I've had to talk him out of a, a whole bunch of different things. I remember really <laughs> specifically uh, this one time where he's like. You know, and because like he went to school for entrepreneurship, so like he's always been about like ideas and the next thing, and like uh, yeah. he's just an idea guy. So I remember one day he was telling me, you know what, the next thing like we've we've done colors, we've done we've done all these combinations, we've done all this stuff. The next thing in paintball, glitter. Oh my god! And he was dead serious. He's like, I'm gonna get a glitter uh, visor, and I'm gonna get like glitter on my mask. And I was like, please don't. As your friend, please don't. And, uh, oh, I mean, shit. I don't know how that didn't work out. Cause he's the kind of guy that would just be like, well, what do you mean? Please don't like, I want to do it. So I'm going <laughs> to yeah. do it. Uh, he, had, he didn't up end up doing it. Oh. Yeah. The pads on the outside thing. That's, that's just him. 
he's just genuine him, which I love. So. All right, Max. Challenge accepted. You, you gotta. I want to see a glitter goggle out there. I want to see it too. Like I think he's at the point. Like, let's let's see that that glitter visor. <laughs> Bring it out, dude. Bring it out. Exactly. Oh man. So, you merge with, or you and Max merge with one eight seven. Um, and now at this point, one eight seven is kind of doing what? Are they are they kind of going through the divisions too? Or are they at this point? And, and around what year is this when all this kind of merging is happening? Oh man, the year part. I don't know if I can answer that. Let's just say I was not old enough to drink. Area. So let's say. How old are you? I'm twenty seven now. Okay. Or wait, am I twenty eight now? I think I'm twenty eight now. Yeah, I'm twenty eight. I forgot my age just not that long ago too. <laughs> yeah it was my birthday like two months ago so it's like i'm still getting used to that number right and then yeah when the next one comes i'll forget that one and i'll just stay 27 so it'll be perfect i tried that but somebody kept telling me no dude you're 31 i was like yeah all right well agree to disagree well, according to you according to uh your time but yeah yeah i know um, man i'm trying to keep up with all these kids playing the snake and this, these fields and shit it's getting tough uh i know i see you running around diving out there i'm like i'm gonna i'm I, i'm a soft lander you know I, I feel like i'd rather get shot than land hard so i'm always protecting protecting the the shoulders and oh, yeah. knees and stuff dude i've okay so like the way i think about it is like i've learned and taught myself like how to dive to where i don't fuck up my body the only time i fuck right. up like diving or anything like that is if like I miss a head check on somebody or I miss checking somebody off and they, they like kind of scare me a little bit and I need to try and move a little bit faster than what oh, I thought I was yeah. going to or like, and then that's kind of when you tweak something or I, I move in a weird spot and land on something I'm not, you know, prepping my body for or whatever. But, uh, yeah, you plan for a certain speed and then have to, have to kick it up a notch. Yeah. And it's weird how it, it's weird how my body and my mind kind of just are all in one whenever I'm diving. Like I'm, I'm subconsciously counting my steps and knowing when to dive or when to hit the ground or, or mm. at what angle my knee and my leg need to be to slide fluidly into like a corner or something like that. It's weird how you kind of, you learn that over the years playing paintball. And... Yeah. To where it is just not, not even a thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, but, it's um, in the back of your head. For, for me, it's more like, uh, if, if I'm, like, nervous about making a move, like, for example, I don't know, let's say I'm in practice and it's, like, which I do quite frequently where I'm, like, I'm running the snake this time or, like, I'm going to go up and over to, like, Dorito 3. Awesome. And it, if, like, just before I kind of get that feeling where I'm, like, I'm, like, this isn't right, I'll, <laughs> I'll pull right out because that's, yeah. that, that's when I feel like I get hurt because, like, uh, I've just learned that about myself, like, hiking and, like, climbing and stuff where mm-hmm. – like if you get that little twinge of like this isn't right, then like don't don't jump that rock or like yeah. don't climb that extra ten feet. Mm-hmm. So that's that's more of my my hurt because that's every time I've gotten hurt, I've felt it before. I'm like don't do this, <laughs> and I yeah. do it, and I'm like, well, there you go. <laughs> I told you not to, and now you're yeah, I told me. <laughs> and it's weird, like you can't really you can't explain it because. Because if, if you, if your brain and your thinking and you're conscious of it right now, then what is telling your consciousness not to, I mean, you can call it, I guess, your conscience, but like, it, it's hard to explain because what is telling you, even though you're thinking in your brain right now, not to or to do something, even though you're thinking a certain way? Yeah. I mean, from like, I, I always am, I'm, I try to stay pretty logical and like, um, uh... 
little more like evidence based, but I mean, I feel like the older I get, the more I, I feel like that there's certain things that just kind of can't be explained. And mm-hmm. I think that there's like a lot of that when, when you are playing really well, um, you sort of just like plug into this, this thing that tells you, Hey, like make this move or like, Hey, don't make this move. And that like that subconscious, I don't know where it comes from, but it's definitely a real voice and it, it might not even necessarily be you mm-hmm. or maybe it's you in the future. Who knows? But like, <laughs> I, I think that's a, that's the real sort of, uh, that, that gut intuition is something that a, you should listen to and B you should sort of train yourself to, to trust. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I feel like everybody who at least plays paintball and maybe even I, you know, I would say at a competitive level, because that's really all I know as far as paintball goes, I feel like everybody has that feeling, no matter what level you're at. If you're if you're rookie or if you're pro, I just feel that the the difference is that the pro guys listen to that more often and you can you can see it when, you know, the Absolutely. second guessers are the guys who are a little bit less experienced. And it, it's so weird, too, because, I mean, perfect example, and it f- fucking happens to me all the time, and I kick myself for it, is let's say uh, you're in a situation where you're, like, in a two-on-four, and mm-hmm. uh, you're one of the two guys left, and you're kind of in one of the, uh, like, the 30 cans or whatever, and you got to kick back, kick back to a corner, and you kick back to a corner, and you know that the guys are going to try and come down the tape, let's say they're going to come down Dorito side, and you're in the snake corner, and you can kind of hear what's going on. You kind of feel what's going on. And all of a sudden you say, dude, shoot the lane for Dorito 3 to Dorito 4 because you know <laughs> yeah. he's going to go. And, and you, like, one time you shoot and you shoot him out and it works out perfect. And maybe yeah, you, you catch him. The point. Exactly. You catch him. But then the next game, and it happens again, but this time you, like, you think about it and you, you're like, oh, he's going to move. And you're like, no, he's not going to move. It's too soon. You know, and you kind of start doing no, something else. And it. then you see him flash by. You're like, motherfucker, I should have listened to myself. <laughs> It's just, it, it's weird. It's hard to explain. Yeah, I, I think that that's a really important thing. Like, I mean, on impact in general, there's a big preach about discipline. And, like, that's a really ambiguous term, I think. Like, what what is discipline, especially when it comes to, to playing the game? And, like, I, I've come to figure out that, for me anyway, discipline is off the field as much as it is on the field, where it's like, man my bed's not made, I should make it right now. But when you make that decision, that conscious decision, like, I know it's the right thing, but I don't want to do it, it almost, like, it almost dulls that voice in your in your gut that, like, you're almost, like, suppressing it. So, mm-hmm. like, that discipline where it's, like, um, I should call this person or, like, I should, whatever it may be, sort of, like, translates onto the field to where that gut feeling where it's like where I should oh I think this guy's gonna go I think I should just shoot this way Mm -hmm. like you become more more in tune with yourself in terms of uh that that feeling of of listening to your your gut and I think that that's really what the what the discipline is where it's like should I come off this lane and maybe look across the field because uh because I don't quite know what's going on right here or like is my job to keep this guy out of the snake and just trust my guy on the other side is going to hold it down over there. Right. Like I, I really think that that's a, that's a huge part of, of discipline and it comes from you sort of trusting and, and believing in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now let's say you like when you're playing up the wall or even when you're playing in general, um, do you, 
kind of whoever you're playing against. Let's say like when you're up the wall, you're kind of you're you're cutting guys down from filling out, going to their secondaries or, or what have you. Um, are you kind of guessing? Because I know sometimes there's like a tower in the way or a pin, and are you kind of feeling it out on okay, well what would I do in their situation? And are you kind of timing everything out that way? Or is it just kind of like, I'm sitting here waiting, I'm doing my job, I'm sitting here waiting and doing my job, I'm doing my job. Or is it one of those, well, I would move right about now or within the next 10 or 15 seconds kind of a thing? Yeah, I think I think it's a little bit of both because uh, at least in that position, um, what I've come to understand is like, what you're doing really is taking in as much information as possible. Like what you're the, like, what choices you're making really come from a lot of different things. Like for example, um, a five on five and let's say our team loses a snake guy. I know we're weak on that side. So, I mean, it's probably better if I help our second guy over there to mm-hmm. lock down that side or let's say, um, the other team, makes it into the snake two off the break and I have the best shot on him, it's probably better off that I stay posted that way to help the team. So I think that it has a lot to do with like with strategy, how how the wall player is going to play it. Mm-hmm. Like is it worth it to run through and clear a guy out early because that guy's been been cutting down a side. I think it like it has a lot to do with what the other team's giving you and what you got as mm-hmm. a breakout. Because like I mean, people are so good nowadays, like, you're going to lose people off the break, and you're going to shoot people off the break, or maybe everyone makes it alive, but either way, it's kind of like a dice roll every time, um, to where maybe you guys have three, maybe the other team has five, but either way, I think the that position, I think you're playing the odds that, that are given to you. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not really like a set play as much as it's, how can I best help my team in this situation? Yeah, 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 and and, and that's kind of what. Uh, see, and and that's the thing too. It's like I I feel the same way, and then on top of that, each guy has their individual job, and then which is on an individual side of the field, which mm-hmm. you have to work together with another guy. Normally, you know, because you work you usually you're working in like groups two, for the most right, part on right. the field. But then you actually have to work in group of five or four of where, whatever you have in the field. So there's so many, mm-hmm. so many small little individual things that are happening in an in just one match or in one point. That there's so many things that go through somebody's head and a player's head. And like like in my position, I'm always looking for that window that you're going to give me or that I'm going right. to force you to give me. You know, and and I always try. I always try and be in control of the situation as much as I can because I feel I'm more, I play more confident and more comfortable whenever I feel like, okay, I know I can shoot you in pretty quickly and I know I can move to the spot pretty quickly, but then after that, I gotta, I gotta let my teammates kind of move up the field, maybe turn a couple guns, shoot a couple lower tips or whatever. Um, do you, do you kind of feel that way? Like when you're at the wall and let's say you're blocked out by things or you're just kind of sitting there waiting for a guy to fill out, do you feel in control or is it just kind of waiting until you shoot a couple of bodies? Then maybe you can do that little, you know, run of the gut and be a little bit more in control. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's both. I think that like, um, honestly, I think that like the times that you feel out of control is, is when you don't 
know what to do in a situation. Like you, you don't have the answer for it. And the times you do feel in control is, is when you, you know all the bodies on the field and you kind of know what your general strategy should be. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why I've, I've just tried to become a student of the game as much as possible. Not, not even in the sense of like, like basic snap shooting and all that stuff. But it's like in a situation of three on five, where's this five going to try to push and like what players on the field are more likely to push and and where are we weakest like i i think that that is really the driving decisions Mm -hmm. so if like if i ever feel out of control or like or like it's starting to feel like chaos like personally i feel like i haven't done my homework or or i didn't come into it with the with the right mindset so like yeah, there's definitely both, but a lot of it to me anyway, I, I never chalk up to just sort of like the game being chaos. It's right. always it's always me not understanding as much as I should. You no, know, that's a good way to look at it because I mean you there's so many variables and so many things that happen during a match, but it's very repetitive at the same time. So mm-hmm. if if you chalk it up to not being prepared or anything like that, I mean there's only there's only a few different situations See, there's there's a few different situations that you're in because there's only so many game plans. But then inside those game plans, you know, how many different things can happen with how many different yeah. guys being shot or the other team going to how many different spots. So there, there's so many variables not only happening upon yourself on the choices that you make, but also you don't know what the hell the other team is going to You have a general idea of what the other team is going to do. Right, or but, a good guess at the very least. Yeah, but... First, you have to guess at where they're going to go. Then you have to guess at where you, their first snapshot is going to come from. And then you have, you know, there's there's all these decisions. And, and then choices. you have to guess which, like, if, if one of your teammates loses a, like, a by chance snapshot or... Mm-hmm. But that's my favorite part about the game is, like, as you were saying, like, it, it can be repetitive, but only in the sense of um, there's a certain strategy that's being applied almost all the time by everybody. Like whether you're a snake guy, you're trying to get in the snake and you're trying to go down the snake. Um, if you're a center guy, you're trying to support whatever side needs support or you're trying to shoot a guy off the break. So like there's, there's kind of a, a limiting number of variables per player and like what, what you're ever going to see in front of you. Yeah. But so I think that's the repetitive part of it. But I think, like at least how I've been seeing the game recently is it's who can put all those variables together the fastest and then react off them. Right. And it's like, it's, it's almost like, like I don't think there's very many pro guys that don't understand the, the, that basic format of the game mm-hmm. of like what you need to do. But then there's like a separation to where people can put those variables together very quickly and then even another separation for people that can then understand what the other guys' variables, like how they solve the equation, and then make an equation off of that. <laughs> yeah, you know it's constant. It's constant bouncing back and forth. Yeah, and, so you see, like really good players, like let's say like Archie or something, like he's backed way off a spot, and you're like, how the hell is he doing that? It's like, well, he solved your equation, and then he put his equation towards that. So exactly. That's a yeah. Yeah, and I mean. Do you think that the game is more of an an 
an act or a react? Or let's say your game. Is your game more of an act or more of a react style? Um, I think personally I'm more of a react style. I'm more of a counter counterpunch sort of player, fighter, gunfighter, or whatever. Like, um, and it's it's a weird thing because you're like you're what you're fighting is always not being passive. Like mm-hmm. that's what makes me sort of jealous of like guys like you that are like just aggressive all the time. Where like you're fighting like the the urge to to not hold back. Whereas like I'm fighting the urge not to hold back too much. So like for me, like the counterpunch game is I, I would rather see what someone gives me and then I'll make a move off that or or I'll stop them from making a move off that. Um I don't know, that's that's I guess that's my style. No, no, I I can totally see that and that's and like even with me, like you know, playing these hard these harder spots, playing up front and I'm not saying anybody's spot is easier than another, but you know, playing as as far forward as I have to play, getting real close, <laughs> getting real. I love getting real. I don't know what it is, but like, even if I don't shoot anybody, if I can get really close to you to make you really <laughs> nervous, I'm I'm already doing my yeah, job. Yeah, you're great at you're great at that because that's definitely like a fear where you're like, oh shit, he's really close and and he's not really afraid that he's this close. Yeah. So like like that's a whole nother game in itself. But yeah, you you definitely play that perfectly. Oh, I love it. I mean, it's, I mean. Just being able to kind of, and I, and I think that plays in my favor as far as, um, you know, that's my game style. And your game style is kind of, is like you said, it's kind of reacting. But if I can change your game style by forcing you to do something else, that's, I think, is an upper hand in my in my playbook um, and, can, and can turn the game around, I feel, because, and it's like, and I think it's all field dependent, too, like, even yeah, oh, what was it the uh, the Dallas field when the the snake side wasn't really getting played that much, and if you can go yeah I'm I can go down the snake I can start turning the field that way, uh, and and making teams that aren't really playing the snake side change their game plan because of it we've already got the upper hand on that side, um, in that aspect anyway and and I think that's a lot of my game too is is kind of making different players and different plays be changed because of the spots that I'm that I'm just getting into. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, yeah, that definitely changes a game and how players are going to play. Because, I mean, I guess the way I kind of see it is is there's like, I, they're the way I describe it is I think there, there's like five gears like that you have in paintball. And like gear five, that's, that's like the guy that's running the snake off the break and is going to crawl to your side in the first minute. And then you have like the gear one, which are the guys that just will not die out of the back. <laughs> and they will they will make it, like as hard as possible for you to dig them out and yeah. there's certain people that are just really really good at um gear one and gear two or gear four and gear five and then and like then there's also people that are like mediocre at all of the gears so like that i think that like your style of like gear five that's something that like you a team has to take into into account where it's mm-hmm. like well, this guy's going to push really hard. This guy's going to not necessarily push that hard. So let's say if you have a like a gear one person behind you, it's like, yeah. well, Car- Carl's playing by himself. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> part of the part of the strategy too. Yeah. Where it's like if you don't match up gears, or if you haven't learned to play the other ones, then then like you could you have the potential of being a one trick pony. But like, mm-hmm. I think that everybody. I mean, at least at our level has has a little bit of all of them at the very least. 
but still taking into account like I I mean the thing that I'm trying to work on the most is is the gear the gear five and gear one because I feel like I'm I've got two three four but my <laughs> my one and five are, are lacking so like I mean it's good just for anyone listening like if if you can kind of sort of be honest with yourself and recognize your your weaknesses and sort of really focus on it. I think it, it it helps tremendously. Yeah, and and I think the position that you play and the style and the way that you play it is almost like somebody who is a gear five because the like even if anybody plays against you or even if we play against you guys, we're like, okay, we know Nick's gonna play up the center. We know he's gonna be a motherfucker to dig out, but we also know that that's a lot easier said than done you know and and so just, right it, and it's just like having somebody in the 50 snake i mean that bunker is a 50 you know mm-hmm. and and, and mm-hmm. being able to play it the way you do and if nobody catches i think that's the slick thing too if nobody catches the way you go up there uh initially or even filling i mean it's it's catastrophic uh, as far as a game plan for the other team goes and and i i think uh I think the the style and the way that you play it and how patient you are is that perfect three of of your time. Three is almost the timing, right? Three is the timing guy. He knows when not to move and when to move and when to be aggressive and not to be aggressive. And I feel like, you know, you might not be the one and you might not be the five, but you make a perfect three, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And it, it totally makes sense. Like, I think that 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 gear specifically is like made for for center guys like mm-hmm. that could potentially play any side so i mean like that that sort of play style i think really lends itself to that position so i don't know what makes that whether it's like personality but i've always i've always wondered that cuz like you're you're not a guy who's just like super ball of energy like carl shut up like you're <laughs> you're just too much so like your personality on the field where you're in people's faces all the time it's like that doesn't match your your sort of like persona, which is I always find interesting because, uh, like, I, I always wonder what makes people in the heat of the moment and like with all the adrenaline and like all the decisions that need to be made, all the pressures on their shoulder, the person that they become during that moment, like whether they're going to be the person that that comes comes right down to your side of the field or they're the person that's like, all right, go ahead, you you go ahead and and good luck trying to dig me out of that spot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I, I, feel I appreciate like, that. I was just no, no, I, dude, I think if you fit the you fit the, the the whole profile perfectly, and you know, and I've had a lot of people say, dude, you need to be less aggressive, and I'm like, I, I think about it, and I'm like, I'm I'm honestly, I'm not stupidly aggressive. I feel I I feel like I'm not just running down the field trying to get kills, you know, blindly trying to figure stuff out as I'm going. Like, I right. have wheels turning constantly in my head, and it's it's hard to explain. And, and it's just kind of the game style that I've played throughout the years. And it is it, it is weird. Now, now that you mention that, I'm I kind of somebody else on the field mm-hmm. than what I am off the field. And I think everybody yeah, totally. has a little bit of that. Like Everyone, it's like, that's. I mean, that's why I think sports are super important in general because, like, you learn – more of yourself i think in those moments than many situations in life will ever present to you like if you have a a pretty average no sort of uh terrible things happen to you or 
emergencies or disasters like you get to face like what person you are in that moment so it's always interesting to see like uh like especially like paintball in general because obviously we're in that world i think that that's like one of the biggest bonds between um all the pro players or like even even like semi-pro whatever like you get to see people that make good decisions in in times of stress right so like I think that 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 sort of like being able to see someone do that over and over and over again, like someone like you were like wheels are turning, like, yeah, your style might be aggressive, but like it, it has some sort of reason behind it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that's like where a lot of the respect for each other come from. You're like, well, if there was an emergency situation, I kind of know how Carl will react. And I also know that he's not going to just crumble under, (laughs) under the weight of it. You know what what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's it's figuring each other out. It's it's knowing yeah. it's knowing your enemy, right? It, yeah. You know, if you want to think about it that way, and it's and or yourself or or, or yourself, one hundred percent self confidence. I mean, anytime that I make these moves, I will look you in the eye and go, "Hey, I'm going to make this spot, and I'm going to shoot the the back left and the back right, <laughs> and then you're going to have to help me out after that." You know, like I can I can really oh, I in the middle of a game look at you and say that, and uh, and I feel like you could do the same thing. You know, if somebody says, hey, I need you to go to this corner and then I need you to fill in the snake, you're going to, okay, well, you're not in your head. You're not going to go, well, I don't know if I can make corner and I I sure as hell don't know if I can make the snake. And you're going to, no, I'm going to make the fucking corner and I'm going to get in the snake and I'm going to go to work. Yeah, I mean, well, I think a a lot of, most most people in, like, uh, I would say in pro anyway would feel that way. But, I mean... I think it's a real thing that that people would have that question like oh well I don't know if I'll make that spot and even though you say oh hell yeah I'll do it that mm-hmm. like little 1% like we were talking about diving earlier yeah. where it's like you might you might pull out that 2% more than you thought you would and then you get <laughs> shot going to the corner yeah. so like I mean that's something that I battle with constantly because I'm I don't necessarily make the game plans you know what I mean so yeah. if someone says like hey you got to go up here and do this there's there definitely is the voice quite frequently where it's like well i don't know if i can do that yeah but like you you, whether you fake it till you make it and you're like no you're gonna do that or you learn about yourself enough that you're like listen you've done things like this before you can make it Mm -hmm. like whatever you have to do to actually believe that like i almost think you're a lucky person to to sort of have that lack of fear where you're like no i'm gonna do this and it's gonna work out like because I, I'm an overthinker. I'm like, fuck, I don't know if this is going to work out. So <laughs> No, it's, so like oh, don't, I, don't get me wrong. It's definitely there. Yeah. I'm just making sure that the self-confidence is a lot louder than the resistance. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like yeah. that the self-confidence is louder than the doubt. Because that, like, that's really all you need. You really need to just get that self-confidence a little louder than the doubt. Because mm-hmm. it is always there. Like, I mean, I there there are times when I doubt myself, but I just make sure that... I am to the point where I almost convince myself that no matter what, I'm I'm gonna make it. But there, yeah. it, it is there. I just I just try and you know, like you said, I try and make it. I try and make it a little louder than than what the doubt is. I like that. I'll have to uh, I'll have to take that in because I mean, I, I don't I don't even tell my my teammates this, but like before before a game, sometimes I'll have a little pep talk with myself where I'm like, I'm like, you deserve to be here. You, like you're going to do your job better than to your best ability. Like you're yeah. going to go out there and do it. And like, I think that's a big part of it. Like making the, the self-confidence louder than the doubt because like 
I know plenty of good, like really good players growing up or um, like if I ever do like clinics or play, play with other teams where I'm like, man, this guy is a fucking balling player, Mm -hmm. but he doubts himself. And like that almost is harder to get over than the physical ability. Yeah, than the physical ability. Like, it's almost better to start with a guy that has the confidence right away. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think that the guys that, that have that talent and then you can build their confidence after that end up being being some of the best. So Yeah, and it's, least, it's tough, man. Yeah. It's it's tough. It's, it's something you work on just as much as you would, and I believe you said this before, just as much as you would, let's say, snap shooting or anything like that. You, like, you're constantly yeah. telling yourself that you can do something even though you've doubted yourself in the past or even right before you do it. And I do the same thing, dude. I, I Right before I walk on, right before I go through the net to go on to the point, I go, let's go, motherfucker. And like, yeah. right before I go on and I just, I just, I see red, but it's, it's a very clear red, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you become your other persona mm-hmm. where you're just straight speed kills out there and then come off the field and you know you it's almost like relieving where you're like well I got to be my full self and like face this moment on the field and then I get to come off and sort of like take that deep breath yeah. but then like you're still reeling to get back on there and see red again oh, so oh man dude it's a, it's a yeah. feeling that it's, you can't explain until you do it and so true there's uh there's something else that I do that I don't think I've I don't think I've really told anybody but it it happens it happens to me before the first point of the first game and the last point of the last game on Saturday. Whether or not we're playing on Sunday or not, um, it always happens on the first game on Friday and the last and the first point on Friday of the first game and the last point on Saturday of the last game. And I always I, I get to the start box and I kind of look down the field and I'm kind of observing all the bunkers and the netting and the stands and the teammates around me. And you kind of, I kind of jump back, like, you know, the the twelve, thirteen years that I've been playing, and I, <laughs> I, I kind of jump back into the woods when I played for the first time, and I, I kind of like, dude, look how far you've come, like from from this being this little naive kid of not knowing what paintball was and not knowing where your future was gonna go. And if you were going to go to college or if you were going to go pursue your paintball career or, or even how you ended up in this position at all. And that all runs through my head. And then the 10 second buzzer sounds and then I'm, I'm back in it again. And it's. Oh, man, I love that. That's so poetic. Like, yeah, I, I think that um, I think that's a huge key of just being happy. Like you're you're fully appreciating the moments that you're in and like how lucky you are that you, you've got these lessons from these moments and um, man, I've, I've been consciously trying to do this in the past few years. And I mean, cause I mean, who doesn't listen to like self-help books or like trying to just, you know, you're just trying to be a better, a better person for yourself and the world. Mm-hmm. But one thing that always comes up is, is appreciation. And like some of the, the best to ever do it at whatever it is, like they have those moments of like on the regular of, of feeling like, man, I can't believe I'm still here. And like that feeling hasn't changed um, in terms of how much I, I love doing it, and like I really think that that that's probably why you're such a happy guy, like because <laughs> you can step back and take those moments. Because I mean, we all we we both know plenty of people that like 
I mean, they could get their favorite dinner every single day. Like they could, someone could pay them a compliment twice a day, mm-hmm. and they still kind of have that like, like, well, why is this guy talking to me? Or like, we're like, oh, well, it was better last night. And it's like, why? Yeah, just appreciate it. Like, yeah, I'm appreciating that I'm eating at all. Yeah, right <laughs> yeah. My my team used to make fun of me because uh, like, it, I've I've gotten better at it now, but like there's been times where I've been like, man, this is the best dinner ever. Mm-hmm. Or like this, like this ice cream is the best ever. So they started calling me best ever guy. Cause they're like, <laughs> they're like, you just say that too much. And I'm like, yeah, I probably should, should calm that down. Cause it's not really rational. Like you can never have the best ever, but like, yeah. I think it really just comes from like appreciating like your ability to get up and walk around and feel the sun and taste stuff. And, you know, so I yeah. I think that that's like a huge part of of just sort of staying happy and oh hundred percent. That's 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 just me anyway. But no, dude, I agree. And you know what? Keep saying best ever because you know what? It's the best ever to you at that moment right now yeah, on, to totally. that point. So fuck them. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, right. Like I've never never had the not fuck them mentality in my whole life I've always been like, well, this is just what I like. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. So you're right. I should, I should keep best ever. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, it's like life is, life is so short and, and you know how, you know how we were kind of talking about, you know, like how, how I was reminiscing there and I, for some reason I will never ever not be humble just because I didn't get here on my own. Like, dude, like I always right. think of it as like a baby, Right. You put a baby in the woods, and it's gonna get eaten by wolves. Yeah, not not making it far. But you put a you put a pup in the wolves or, or a baby or whatever you want to say. You put a pup in the woods, surrounded by a pack, and it's gonna grow up to become a wolf. You know, and if you if you think that you can do all this on your own, you're fucking crazy. And yeah, because even if you are on your own. It's just like we were talking about that conscious voice that's in our head that might be telling you to do one thing or you're thinking another thing or trying to get you in a direction. Like you're still that's a conversation and a conversation takes two people. So there's yeah. something else that you're having an interaction with. And, you know, it's I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, uh, you know, whoever told Rich Telford to to. Right. Watch me. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Tipman Effect having a team 20 minutes from my house. I wouldn't be here if my best friend, I didn't go to high school with my best friend who showed me what Pample was. So it's, you, you're nuts to think you're in this thing all alone. And there's no way you should ever take it for granted. If you're in a position where you're loving what you're doing and you're, and you're loving life and you're loving the people around you, never take it for granted and never think that you're in it alone. Yeah. And I, I, I I think that's that's couldn't be said any better. I think that I like I totally agree with you, and it's it's always nice to hear sort of like positive um, takes on on life from other people because I mean we're always talking ourselves in our own head, and we all kind of have like the uh, our own ways of defining things. And when you have some a way to define something, and then someone uh, defines it in in a different way, but like has a little bit more positivity to it. I'll, I'm taking it. So yeah. I'm taking your, taking your analogy there and, uh, <laughs> putting it into my own, my own sort of, uh, all understanding. Oh, yours, dude. And it's just yeah. like, if we can even take that back to paintball, everybody's trying to figure out how to figure the puzzle out. Right. But everybody has a different mm-hmm. look. I, you know, I don't see the game the way you do. You don't see the game the way I do, but we're also right. trying to figure out the same, you know, s- solution to the puzzle. 
So, that, yeah, yeah. I, but that's like that's interesting because like it is such a puzzle. Like for example, I'm mean, I'm sure you talk to people that don't know what paintball is all the time because they're like, oh, what are you doing here? Like, oh, well, paintball tournament. Or mm-hmm. they're like, what? And like I was sitting on this late this or sitting on the plane uh, flying to Canada uh, this this last trip uh, with this lady from New York who she was probably like in her 60s and so she was like paintball what like what is that like like can you tell me about it and mm-hmm. so kind of we're on the flight for like two hours so I'm like I mean I'm, if there's a time to think about it and give her a good answer like really here's the time <laughs> yeah and uh, she's like she was just like I don't understand like how it works so obviously give her the rundown of the rules and all that stuff and um like the basics of it but so she's like so why do you like it so much and that's I'm such like, a good question yeah exactly and I, I think a i think why it's so addicting is because like every other sport has a single focal point right like like whether it's a football a basketball a golf ball um if you're a team you're always sort of either blocking or running a fake route as much as it's important for like the overall uh, goal of the team mm-hmm. in paintball. Every person is the focal point. Like every person could break the game at any moment. Any, every person is, is fighting life or death at every moment and you're doing it together as a group. Yeah. And I, I sort of love that whole aspect of like, you're never just, blocking like you're never just sort of uh being you're never just passing it to kobe all the time your offense and defense at the same time exactly so like at least in in today's day and age and like um everybody sort of like has a more self-worth than like whether it it's deserved or it's overinflated by social media or whatever but um you get to be important all the time like from the time that the buzzer goes off to the time that you get shot, like you were always a key member of the game and like you literally get removed when, when you get shot. And that's probably why it, it hurts so much, like not even physical, but you're like, Oh my God, like I made that mistake. And like either I let my team down or I let myself down or whatever it is. And, um, so she kind of, she kind of understood that, uh, saying how like, Oh, well that makes sense. But like, I don't understand like how you would watch it. And I'm like, well, that's, that's been a problem for a while. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, at least the way it, it's kind of televised, you see one or two guys at a time and you don't really get to take in the whole picture because I think paintball is more whole picture than any other sport. Mm-hmm. Like it makes sense to, to have the camera on a guy, uh, in a basketball game, uh, dribbling, like making a cool move. But, like, if you're a real lover of basketball, you probably want to see um, that breakaway, like, that guy that he passes to beforehand where you're like, oh, my God, he's open. He's going to pass to him, and then he passes to him. Yep. Paintball's like that 24-7 all the time where, like, any guy can make a break, any guy can make a move. So I think it's so cool how uh, – or, sorry, let me go back to, like, I understand how it's hard for people to watch because – they don't get the whole the whole scope the of innards. what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And like for example, my my girlfriend came to this last event and like she's not a huge sports fan in general, but like she's she's not a dummy either. So I was kind of like, oh, well this is going to be kind of hard to explain. I'm just going to have her watch it. Yeah. And then just watching it in person, like we're back at the hotel room and she's like 
so did this guy do this because of this? And I'm like, holy shit, like, how did you sort of, like, put that together? <laughs> yes, and, yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, I, I just think that, like, that's totally capable for, for anybody, like, flicking it on the TV and they're like, oh, what, what are these guys doing? But so, she cares, though. That's the thing. She cares right. because you care so much. She... I'm not, I don't want to say that because she feels like she has to care, but she obviously wants to care enough to try and understand it. No, you're definitely right. Like there's a there's there's a incentive there to to sort of understand and, and care, but I mean there's plenty of things that have an incentive to understand. But like, like for example, I mean, if I needed to pass uh, algebra tests to get into college, like, and I really really wanted to understand it. A lot of times, like it's it's like it takes more than just the incentive. Like you mm-hmm. need to put in hard work to understand it. Like I, I, I'm not saying that like it's impossible to pass it. I'm saying like I would need to like put in a lot of time and effort, even if I had the incentive. Right. So like that just told me that the game is not Instant. like algebra. It's it's understandable for people that don't even really know sports as long as you present it in a way that makes sense to someone that that doesn't really know what's going on like I, I really think that like i mean if you had just the overhead camera of the whole field it would it would make more sense than zooming in on a guy mm-hmm. but that's just me no i think so too and i i think the person asking the question of why needs a solid somebody to give them a solid answer um, right to build off of it exactly to build off of it and build that whole gameplay out and why somebody did this and it's to do this because of this and that's why this is you know kind of a thing yeah that's why i really i, I think maddie and todd do do an amazing job and, and same with nick where like sometimes there'll be like a strange thing that goes on and even like to players you're like that's a little strange but they go out of their way to sort of be like well this happened because of a b and c yeah and then like if you're just a casual viewer you're like oh okay like i'll just i'll take that for what it's worth whether it's right or wrong because we all have different opinions on like sort of like why something happened as you were saying we sort of see the game differently um but just that sort of like next step to jump off of like is definitely important yeah i actually i got up in the commentating booth like towards the end of saturday it was actually really fun because you kind of seeing awesome. the game from a different perspective and uh i got to got to spit a little game a little bit while i was up there it was it was really yeah, cool actually go? it was awesome that... it, it was so cool because <clears throat> i'm like as i'm seeing plays you know happen they're all running through my head of well okay he did this because of this and i can instantly relate it to that situation that's happening on the field so it was actually it was, it was a really yeah, cool totally. experience that's why it's it's good to have like someone like you up in the booth where, because I mean you've played the field for a few weeks, um, you're a little bit sharper on your sword in terms of like what timing is on a certain layout or just in the game in general at the moment, mm-hmm. and like a player's like a current player's breakdown of a of a action is to me is like always so much better. Like I love hearing like when when the players go up there and like. Like, Sloviak and Todd, like, obviously Todd's coaching, Sloviak's playing. Like, it's so important to have those guys, like, up there giving, giving like, really, really accurate information. So, I yeah. mean, I, I just appreciate that so much because I know that there's been, or, I mean, not to badmouth anyone, but, and especially, um, like, so, like, the Millennium webcast, for example. Mm-hmm. I understand they're working with a lot less money and, like, it's 
they're putting it out for free. Like it's way better to watch paintball than to not have it. And they're putting it out there. Yeah. But like, there's a little bit lackluster understanding of the game as a whole compared to like the, uh, NXL. So it's a lot harder to watch even, even for a player that knows what's going on. So like, it just made me appreciate more sort of like the guys that are, are out there doing it. Like you go up there and, and, give a rundown of like what's happening in the game because for the people that are trying to take that next step to jump off of understanding of like wherever their understanding is they'll take that little bit of what what you say like oh well carl said that this happened so like Mm -hmm. now when i go play i'm going to understand a little bit more of like how to deal with a certain situation so i just think it's really important yeah no i i had fun i'm I'm hoping to get up there uh in the chicago event um please do that'd be awesome yeah that'd that'd be great um before um I'm not, I'm not sure how busy you are, but uh, I, I know we kind of got off into a tangent, and I want to kind of yeah, go totally. back. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, I loved it. I loved it. It was great. <laughs> um, but uh, but I want to go back to, to 187 and your whole transition into Impact and where you're yes. at now. Um, but I wanted to tell you, I knew that you were going to be something, um, not saying that I have a knack for like picking out certain people, but when, when I play against people, I kind of you know i'm basing it off of my gameplay or my my right. my level of play or whatever but um because that's really all i have to go off of because whenever i'm playing somebody but i remember this specific game i can't remember what tournament it was but we were playing dorito side against each other i actually i was going to bring this up to you because uh because i i remember this vividly but can continue and i'll tell you what <laughs> like my take on this one yeah but i i mean i think i ran you down one time and but then after that i could not for the life of me try and dig you out or figure out a way to come get you or shoot you or and then for some reason you would shoot the guys on the other side of the field and i just had for that weekend you were just my toughest opponent at at that point and i was like i don't know who the fuck this kid is but he was (laughs) he gave me a run for my money and um I remember I think I said something like that when we were in the line shaking hands. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was actually, like, one of my, like, you were one of my first, like, pro guys that I've really talked to. Because, like, in the, I, I remember this this very vividly, like, in the line. I don't remember which tournament it was, but I remember, like, you know, you're handshaking, handshaking. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, Nick, you had my number all game. Like, I, I don't remember what it was, but, like, I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't figure you out this game. And I was like, I was like, damn, that's, like, that means a lot, like coming from you because like you're always like such a hard guy to control in general so like i was like kind of because for me like i get really awkward when i get like sort of any any sort of uh like praise or, or attention mm-hmm. so i at the, in the moment i remember being like oh oh thanks and then like walking <laughs> away and i was like why did i react like that i should have just been like oh yeah that was a good game carl like had you on that one on that that one game but you'll get me next time right but <laughs> i remember in the moment just being like oh okay and then walking away like oh shit like carl markowski just and so after that, I kind of that was a, a definitely a boost to me being like, I think I can do this. Think think I can do this. That's awesome, dude. So I'm I, glad. I appreciate. I, it. Yeah, dude. That's that's awesome. And I feel like, you know, during the game, fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Of course. But yeah, but at the end, it's like, man, it, the, I I feel like if you're just a constant asshole, it's no good to anybody. You know, also yourself. But right. I, I'll tell you, man, if you. If you played better than me, or if, but honestly, whenever I whether we win or lose, I'm going through that line with a smile on my face because I just played paintball against some of the best players in the world, 
and yeah. and we're all in the same position at the same at the same spot. So I'm always I always have a smile on my face, and you know I I remember that so distinctively because I was like this motherfucker, yeah, is fucking on my shit this point or this whole game and. No, it was great, I'm, and it's so cool to hear that that was kind of something that boosted your confidence in your play. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Into... It's crazy because like that, those games totally happened too. Where you're like, I, like, uh, you know, who was a good one is uh, like this last event. Um, Fedorov was just crushing me, and like I, I would I would be like posted up on a spot. And I'm like, he's not gonna come out. Like like there doesn't make there's no reason for him to come out here. I have his number, mm-hmm. and he was just like. <laughs> just one ball me in the face like three times and i was like this guy just had my number this whole time and like it's it's crazy how that happens how how sometimes like someone's play style is just like not working for how you're playing that day or, or mm-hmm. whatever it is but you're like god like I, I gotta figure something out for the next one but it's good because it like it only makes you sort of like you're either you either write it off and you become weaker or you're forced to think about it and you become stronger so like yeah. i i just think that it's uh it's good to sort of instead of being like oh i got fucked or like this guy got a lucky ball like i, I don't believe in lucky balls really yeah so i believe in random balls <laughs> that's that's a thing <laughs> yeah yeah we're, i mean i remember it happened last event where i'm like i'm shooting this way and then i turn and i start shooting this way and there was a pin on one side of that like uh or there was like there was an inside pin on that little W by the snake side. There's an inside pin, but then there was I believe it was a tower, or a, a stand-up can or something on the other side. And the bounce shot is from the other side of the can, on, mm-hmm. or whatever on the on the outside of the snake side. And a random ball like I'm just shooting over top, and a random ball I just see come over top of the W, bounce off <laughs> of the pin, and then just hit me right in the face. I'm like, oh my god, are you serious? Uh. That's the worst when you can see it the whole way too. Oh, the where whole like way. that's not gonna oh no, and then it's like already <laughs> on you. It's like that shouldn't have happened, yeah. And I swear the ball's not spinning, nothing. It's just straight, <laughs> just coming right for it. It's just slow-mo right out. You're like, I even I don't even deserve to move out of the way of this one. It's just that's a god ball right there. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes yeah, when you're in like when you're snap shooting with somebody, there's sometimes where you, you kind of feel yourself not go in all the way and you're kind of staring balls down. And you're like, that's mm-hmm. not gonna hit me. So you, so you kind of know that you can, you know, that that's not gonna hit. You can stay out and try and get that extra ball on that guy when he comes back out. That's the best. That's like, that's like full living on the edge. I feel like that's like the equivalent of like hanging ten or something on a big wave for oh, yeah. paintball, where you're like, you're like, I'm really taking the risk here. I see it coming in, but not gonna hit me. No. Like that. I think that really comes from a lot of like practice and confidence. For sure. Oh yeah, like, just willing that ball away from your face. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, those are magic moments, man. I think like that, that's probably one of my favorite things, like playing, is like when you do get in a good gun battle like that, and both of you are kind of like, like in your alpha state, like sort of just peeking on whatever it is, just like that flow of of the game, mm-hmm. and both of you are dodging each other's paint and putting paint back at each other, you're like, man, this guy's on one right now, but so am I. Yeah. Like, that's, that's to me, that's like the some of the coolest moments. Oh, that, or when you're shooting each other's paint out of the air, you're like, Oh, yeah, dude, that's sweet. He's like, ooh, that was close. That was real yeah, close. absolutely. I like the one where you can, um, where you sneak up on a guy, and he's like, I, I go back and watch some tapes sometimes, and like where I kind of sneak up on a guy, 
and when he head checks, and you know, head checks are quick too. And if he mm. head checks and you shoot him with one ball as he head checks, like just on the edge of the goggle, and you see it spray off, it doesn't even need. I don't even care if it shoots you like right in the center. Like I just get a right. little bit and just sprays off the edge. I was like, that's good enough for me. I like Got those em. little ones too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's. Uh, oh, sorry, we're going tangent again. All right. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm getting all the all my uh, my bullet points here. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, all right, so you're you're on 187. Um, you're you're playing with them. I, I think you played with them for what th- three two seasons, three seasons? No, longer than that. Um, maybe at the pro level. Oh, at the pro level, yeah, two seasons at the pro level. And uh, let's see, what was it? The end of 2015 when. Uh, an impact approach you I, I don't even want to, I don't even know yeah. the timeline really was it impact that approached you yeah I think it was it might have been 14 I'm as I said before like I'm wor- the worst with dates but um so yeah I was I was living and working in New York City at the time um for a bedding and bath company and like bed bath and just beyond. well that was one of the one of the clients bed bath and beyond <laughs> but we sold uh like so basically my job was to design like like Disney and like Nickelodeon, like all of these kid uh, brands, like bedding and sheets, oh, fun. and like they they sold those to like Walmart and uh, Bed Bath and Beyond and Target. So like you, like anytime I'm in those stores, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that company. Like like all those like those those cheesy kid sheets. Yeah, like, I, I made a lot of those. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was just kind of like day to day. And I get this random number on my phone and I'm like, well, I'm at work right now. Like I shouldn't answer this, but like for some reason I answered it. I like go out in the hallway. I'm like, hello. And he's and it's uh, Dave Baines. And he's like, Hey Nick, like, um, I just wanted to like, let you know, like we're, we're rebuilding the team and like we have, uh, this opportunity for you. Like, I think it would be really good for you if you, uh, came over and played with us, like, we're going to be like traveling all over. We're going to play all the European events and all this stuff. And like, I mean, I'd like to think of myself as a pretty loyal guy in general. Mm-hmm. But, um, so at that time I was like, no Dave, like I really, really appreciate it. Like that, that like makes me feel really good that I'm, I'm doing something right. If, if someone like you is going to give me a call and like want to talk to me about playing for you. And, but like, I really appreciate it, but I like, this is my team and like, we're, we're sort of like on a verge of, of like doing something really well, really well, and getting so you up denied in the impact division. at first. I denied him. Yeah, Ooh. so hung up, and like that was it. And honestly, I, I like I didn't even think about it too much after that. I was kind of like, oh yeah, like wash my hands clean of it. Like it's whatever. I didn't like have a regret about it. Where I was like, I was like, man, I should have just said yes. Like, what are you doing? Well, that probably and grew then, a lot of respect uh, in Dave's eyes. That probably had a lot. He had a lot of respect for you at that just at that point when you did hmm. that. I think. I never really thought about that, but maybe maybe it did. I think it did. Which I'll have to ask him about that. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. I mean, from, he's a pretty loyal guy himself. Yeah, exactly. So. And if if he does, you know, if somebody like Dave calls somebody up and they respectfully uh, decline the offer because you know you are loyal to this team. I mean, if if he didn't, you know, gain respect, he's crazy, and I don't think he's crazy. So right, right. <laughs> No, I'm sure he did. But then, like, so, yeah, like, wash, or, like, didn't think about it. And then the next day, around the same time, I get a call again, like, from his number 
So I'm like, I, I answered it. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's like, all right, listen, like, listen, this motherfucker. Is, yeah, you'd be an idiot to not do this. Like, this is like what we're gonna do. This is what we're trying to do. We're trying to build like one of the best teams ever. And like, like we're we're calling you because we think that like maybe in like a year or two, like we could make make you into like a good player. And I'm like, oh, I thought I was a good player. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, and he's like. And, uh, so like this would be our travel schedule. Like this is like the deal. And like, it would be ridiculous of you not to take it. He gave me like the whole rundown. When that were they so, offering um, to, to pay you along, uh, yes, along with yeah, everything so, else? And this would be the first time that you got paid to play paintball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was either on a slightly free ride or paying even that year, yeah. um, for stuff. So yeah. So then that, the money aspect came in where it's like, well, I mean, it's not like a, like I was making more money at the job that I was at, right? But I was like, well, but it's paintball, and like that's <laughs> pretty pretty dope. Yeah. So, um, I was like, you know what? Like that's awesome. I'm gonna have to give you a call back. And he's like, okay, yeah, give me a call back whenever, whenever. So, I mean, I guess like there's certain moments when you sort of figure out a little bit about yourself that you you didn't know. And so the first person, I'm like, I gotta call my mom. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. I was like, oh, well, clearly, clearly, like my mom's my mom's decision is is like the the most important to me right that now. That shows so. your character right there too. <laughs> right, right. So I was like, mom, like, this is the deal. Like, I don't know what to do. Um, like, I, I feel wrong taking this offer, but like at the same time, it could be like this amazing journey that, like, I've been wanting to do forever. And my mm-hmm. my mom like. I mean, obviously she's seen my whole journey and she's like, like, isn't this what you've been trying to do the whole time? <laughs> like you've put so many hours and like so much time into this. Like you would, it, you would totally regret it when you're older, if you didn't take this opportunity. Typical mom and, move. Like, yeah. Like just, just pure rationale. And like, I mean, even though that was part partial heart, like that, that plays into it. Um, mm-hmm. but so I'm like, all right, so I guess, I guess I'm going to take it. I'm going to do it. She's like, I, I think all your teammates will understand. And like, like mm-hmm. Dave Painter, who was like a huge help to me. Like he, he's, he's the one he's, I guess he's my Telford for you. Yeah. Where it's like, I, I couldn't have come even close to, to even where I was then without him, like without, with all the support and, um, all, all of the things that he put aside just for the team. Like right. he's like another father figure almost in, in that aspect. So, um, that that was the next person I called where I was like, listen, Dave, like, here's the offer I got, blah, 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 blah. And went down the list of uh, calling each teammate and, and told them, like, the deal and, like, that I was really sorry, but, like, that's that's what I was going to do. And to my surprise, not a single one of them was like, fuck you or, like, like, what are you doing? About it? Yeah, not, not one of them. All of them were like, congratulations, like, like you deserve it go go for it that's awesome and so like that that definitely gave me even more respect for that group that i than i already had because like that showed their character in the moment and like they were really really supportive so called dave back and i'm like all right let's do it like what's the deal so he gave me the schedule and i'm like all right like i have this many vacation days i think i can do it blah 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 go into my boss's office and i'm like hey listen like this is my schedule for next year I'm going to need to take all of these days off. And she was like, yeah, that's, 
not going to happen. And I was like, well, I mean, like, it's going to happen whether you say kind of or not. (laughs) And I I really respected her. She was a, she was really, a really caring, like great boss. So it was kind of hard to have that conversation. But, um, like, it wasn't like a moment where I could be like, like flip, flip the desk and be like middle fingers to the sky. Like I'm out of here. Yeah, Yeah, no, it wasn't like that at all. I really, like, I really appreciated everything she had done for me to like, sort of like find my place in that office. But, um, so I was like, well, like I have an opportunity to like travel the world and play paintball. So, and she was like, what the hell is paintball? I'm like, (laughs) yeah, sorry. Like I don't have time to uh, explain it. So I was like, I guess I'm putting in my two weeks notice. And she's like, She's like, like we can work it out. Like, let's try to do something. This, this, and this. Like, maybe if you miss these few events, she really tried her best to like work it out. And I was right. like, no, I got. I, like, if I'm gonna commit to this, I'm gonna commit to it all the way. Like, whatever they need me to do. Like, I'm not gonna miss any practices. I'm not gonna miss any team time. Whatever it is, because I think that that sort of thing is so important to a team. Like, like anytime someone misses a practice or even just like a hangout, it it hurts. Like the mm-hmm. whole group, not even just the individual. So. I sort of knew that going, going in that like, if I was going to commit to this, I was going to commit to it. So yeah, I, I quit my job and jumped onto impact and, uh, didn't play almost at all the whole first year. <laughs> and, uh, which was awesome, awesome learning experience for me. Yeah. Uh, I think that cause you know, you, you get that offer and you're like, I'm sweet. I'm the fucking man. I'm going to roll in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Win some tournaments. And they're like, all right, well, so start filling pods. And I'm like, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of puts you in your place. And uh... Yeah, yeah, which is awesome, which is really good. I think everyone everyone should at the very least experience that. But the most important, if you do experience it, never forget it. Because, like, everyone has that time to work through. And, like, I don't know, you, you should never, like, look down upon someone for being in that time or even, uh, like, encourage people. Like, I don't know. I think that that's a really important time for everybody, but yeah, that growing period. Yeah. Or even just, it's, you're not even growing. You're sort of like your, your ego is being beaten up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge, huge thing. Like, like as you were saying before, like you have a knack for, for sort of like seeing things in players that like maybe this player could, could be really good in the future. Um, like that's my number one thing when I'm looking at people like for to play with or to to pick up or whatever. Like I've always been very adamant on on people that sort of have their ego in tune. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really important thing for me anyway. Um, but yeah, so got a lot of learning from some of the best. You know, like I mean, you've got J Rab, you've got JC, you've got like Rainey, you have all these guys that like really, as much as they were teammates, like. I've kind of learned that it's okay to steal style from people. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking all their best attributes and, and putting it into my gear bag and, and, and trying to become the best player that I can become. I mean, but I don't even want to put a limit on that. I guess I, I think everyone should be not even the best player they can become. Everyone should be trying to become the best player. So, yeah. so I'm stealing from all these guys. I'm stealing from you. And I've just <laughs> learned that I've, I'm, I'm becoming a, a thief from anyone that inspires me or that is doing something really well. So yeah, that's, I guess that's, that's where I'm at at the moment is just stealing things from people and trying to, trying to work out, uh, how to become the best player. And you're just literally up the W taking lunch money from kids <laughs> and just running through on everybody. 
Yeah, uh, man, I hope that keeps up. I like that's that's a cool thing. I don't know if the W is gonna be around next year or the year after. So like, I don't know. People have questioned me like, well, what are you gonna do without it? And I'm like, man, I've never had it. Like, I've yeah, always that, been yeah. pretty good. Yeah, man. You played this game before the W, and yeah. you're gonna play it afterwards. Exactly. I I think that like just like any game, like it it, it evolves like. I mean, there's been times in basketball where it's like, all right, make your whole roster nine foot players, and then they're like, we're starting to get into a time where it's like, you got to have little guys that can get underneath and, and shoot, and like mm-hmm. you got to have three point shooters. Like, there's always like an evolution, and I guess my goal at this point would be to never fall out of the of the changing. Like, you got to change with the tide. So, I mean, if they're gonna make the whole field lay down snakes and you have to crawl the whole thing and you can never pop up anywhere. I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I've, you know, I've gone years of where, man, I hate this field or man, this field doesn't really suit my playing style or this and that. Like I've really, the past few years, I've kind of learned to love every field. And even when the W was first introduced, I hated it. I thought it was the biggest, stupidest looking dumb bunker on the field. (laughs) Yeah. And after the first year, I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, it's out out of my control and I'm going to have to learn to love it. And I've learned to love every field that the NXL has come out with because I don't have a choice. And yeah, I think you really put yourself at a disadvantage if you're, if you're going to chalk something up to a bad field or like a field doesn't fit your playing style. Like if you're, if you want to be a good player, like, which I hope that everyone's trying to be, it's like you can play on anything. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter. And like going back to that conversation I was having with that lady on the plane I was trying to tell her how like each field changes every time. It's always a new puzzle and that's like one of the most addicting things about it. Like yeah. you're never going to play on the same court over and over again. Like there's always 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 a different struggle and sort of like where you're going to fit and how you're going to play a certain thing. And like I think that the addiction to that struggle is is one of the best things ever and it doesn't really matter if like what snake you get or like how the Doritos are set up. Yeah. Like the good players are going to be the good players because they they're going to find a way to evolve and figure so, it out. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like like do you think that if they uh if they made an entire field of giant stand-up Ws, like let's say like 10 giant stand-up w, Ws, you think Fedorov's going to be in the bottom 10 of the league? <laughs> like no way. That dude is just a he's good gonna player. He's going to be jumping over top of the Ws. He's going to find a new way to do it. He's going to find yeah. a new way to do it and like so I, I it just, it all it hurts me sometimes when people are like, oh, like I can't play this field because of this, or like I hate this, and it's like, well, then that attitude right there, you're not evolving enough to to be in every spot. So like, you're that's, already at a that's your yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, dude, I think that's a great spot to kind of, to kind of yeah, yeah, end it, I, dude. I, <clears throat> it's it sucks because I feel like we could probably have a conversation for at least two three hours yeah for sure for sure <laughs> well we can we can definitely do that on uh on our own time you know so but yeah. i really really appreciate you hitting me up for this like um this is probably one of our longest conversations ever but like uh, hands down now now i know that we can uh we can keep that up so that's cool i really appreciate it yeah no problem and i i think you know as i've been doing these you you kind of get this uh better understanding of not only people but 
just individual guys like yourself or like any you can I kind of get a I dive a little bit deeper into their character and your character and, and kind of who you are as a person and it's it's weird even though it's kind of a general conversation um mm-hmm. you know I feel like you seem like somebody who can kind of is a real good judge of character who just by body language or how you can judge body language and how somebody is kind of you know talks or whatever and right. <clears throat> It's it's so fun to sit down and do these because you you only have this one layer at tournaments that you know somebody totally. But then you sit yeah. down and do these and you're like, oh man, yeah, it's just a normal dude with you know like minded and no, it's really cool. Yeah, I was so excited when you started these because like, um, I mean, you're you're just like a you're a real positive like like good head on your shoulders sort of guy, and so I was like, oh, Carl's gonna kill this, and like. I remember listening to like because I've listened to all of them because obviously I'm a paintball nerd because you <laughs> gotta be. But um, I remember the first ones because like just because I'm a podcast geek like I listen to I like I literally wake up and start a podcast and fall asleep when a podcast is mm-hmm. going on. So uh, the first ones I was like, ooh, this is awkward. But like this is the growing stages, right? Like yeah. you're gonna learn this just like any other position. And like um, I think your your ability to like sort of listen and like draw those things out of people has been getting so much better and so like i just i just want to tell you that like your your each podcast you've done has gotten better and better so like keep it up it's it's awesome it's awesome to hear thank you man it it means a lot and uh i would i would love to eventually get to the level of where I can sit down in front of people because these conversations are great, but right. they're 10 times better when you're sitting in front of somebody totally. and, and you both have a beer in your hand you're just, you're, you can, it's vibing almost. You totally. Know? Yeah. yeah. I want to get to that stage. Energy. Yeah. Yeah. I, you can do it. I like, I like that goal. I think you can do it. Yeah. It's definitely a goal. That's for sure. Awesome. All right, man. Well, I appreciate your time and, um, I would love to have, uh, continue this conversation and maybe awesome. do it at an event or something like that. And, you know, kind of, dig at each other's brains a little bit more yeah totally in sounds good thanks carl much appreciated have Dude. a have a good one anytime man take care of yourself you too all right we'll see you that was a great conversation dude i had so much fun on that one that has uh has been and well is already one of my favorites so and, and i knew it was going to be you know the few times that i talked to nick i uh i knew he was he was an intelligent guy and he had a lot of uh paintball you know IQ that was building and it's just been uh, it's been really cool to watch him kind of adapt and, and build and kind of structure himself in that impact camp so I thought that was really cool and if you guys want to know more or if you'd like to follow him he's over on Instagram at Nick Love All it's uh, N-I-C-K-L-O-V-E-A-L-L kind of a play on words on his name so it's pretty funny <laughs> but uh, um but uh, another big thank you goes out to our sponsors, Dr. Paintball. Uh, you can find them at drpaintball.com. Again, they are, you know, they are big on helping you guys out on financing uh, all the gear that you need. Uh, they are there to help you out, drpaintball.com. Another big thank you to Charm City Paintball. He has headbands and head wraps where the quality is through the roof. Um, you know, like I said, guys, make sure you check him out. He's on Facebook, Charm City Paintball. Check him out. Uh, another big thank you also goes to Carbon Paintball, who are the manufacturers of the base layer, the SC protective base layers. There's also uh, a, a new line coming out, which is the CC line, 
and it's going to be a little bit more affordable not as high-end as the SC stuff but uh, but just as durable and pretty slick slick looking if you ask me so thank you carbon paintball carbonpaintball.com uh, and thank you to planet eclipse for coming out continuously every single year with some of the best looking and hands down best shooting markers uh, on the planet you can find them over at planeteclipse.com so that's another one in the books guys I think that was I think that's number 18 so man we are we're coming I might have to I might have to do something for uh, maybe I'll do a giveaway or something for the 20th episode and uh, and you know give something back to the community the paintball community so thank you guys so much again you can find me over on uh, Facebook at Carl Microwave Markowski or you can find the podcast one at plant the playing on podcast uh, that's all on Facebook and then on Instagram I am C Mark and then there is the playing on podcast on Instagram as well so until next time until snacks yeah <laughs> Jeez, it's been a long day. I just got back from the MSXL down in uh, in Columbus, Ohio at Level Up Sports, man. That was an awesome time, true, too. It, it's very cool to see local paintball and especially paintball in Ohio growing. So that is a, an awesome sight. So thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you again next time here on the Playing On Podcast. Peace. <laughs>